Well, hello there. Andy here from the Maidstone Radio Breakfast Show. Thanks for downloading the chats podcast, the highlights of the Maidstone Radio Breakfast Show. I think we should play the jingle. Welcome one, welcome all to another edition of The Chats. This is the podcast where we bring you the highlights from the Maidstone Radio Breakfast Show. Now, all this week, we are talking to different local politicians about perhaps some of the more interesting things that are going on at number 10. And we're also putting a few of the local issues to them as well. So, this morning, it was the Liberal Democrats... Tomorrow, on Thursday, we'll be speaking to the Greens. And on Friday, we will be speaking to both the Labour and Conservative parties. It's all very exciting. So, without further ado, let's kick off with this episode. And this is where we speak to Councillor Clive English from the Liberal Democrats and get his take on things. Let us begin with our very first political interview. Look at me, I'm going all LBC here on Maidstone Radio. Uh, This morning, it is the turn of the Liberal Democrats, and please say good morning to Councillor Clive English. Good morning, Clive. Good morning, Andy. Are you well, sir? Well, hot, like everyone else, but otherwise well. Hot, yes. Somebody else who uh, is struggling with the heat and indeed has had to resign is our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. Sad to see him go. Not for the country, no. I mean, uh, from a political point of view, he was a gift that kept on giving because he he helped us uh, politically while he was there. But in the country's interest, he really had to go and he should have gone earlier. Do you you think he resigned at the right time? Yes, but he should resign as Prime Minister now and not hang on until a new party leader is elected. He should go now. So you think there should be a a caretaker in place? Who who would you put in that role? Normally you would have the Deputy Prime Minister and First Secretary of State. Mr. Rob would take over as caretaker, not my cup of tea, but it is best for the country if we have a new prime minister, even in the caretaker role. Okay, I mean, obviously with, with Boris around, are you worried that with him gone, the momentum that you've been building, winning by-elections, are you concerned that's now perhaps going to fade away, perhaps dip a bit? I mean, Boris was really very unpopular. However, the issues that fueled that unpopularity are still there. Uh, if you go to farming communities, Tiverton and Hunterton, the last uh, by-election we won, it's very much a farming community. It's very clear that Brexit may have been delivered, but it is giving very bad results for British farmers. The trade deals we are now putting in place instead of the EU ones are significantly worse for British farmers, for example. They're great if you're an Australian producer or if you're an American company pumping out hormone-filled beef, but they're not great for British farmers. So uh, obviously we've we've, we've got a, an election race now to mm. find out who will be the new Conservative leader. Uh, that Conservative leader will, of course, become uh, the new Prime Minister. Is it essential that they then ask for a general election once they're elected? No, of course not. Britain is a parliamentary democracy, not a presidential one, um, which is why it was rather easier to get rid of Boris Johnson than, say, Donald Trump. <laughs> In in Britain, if you have a majority in the House of Commons, you, as a party leader, become Prime Minister. That that does not require a general election. I'd be quite happy to have a general election, but there's no constitutional convention that you need one. Gordon Brown didn't go for one because he didn't have to go for one. However, the next time Gordon Brown did have to go to a general election, he was resoundingly defeated. So is that because he didn't have a mandate from the people? 
No, it's because um, he had to deal with some very difficult issues and some people would say that that inevitably perhaps led to him becoming unpopular. Okay. So if, I mean, one of the arguments would be made is, well, you know, we voted for uh, a conservative government that uh, promised this, that and the other, and it was Mm. Boris that was leading that party. Perhaps we should now be able to have a say on whether we want this new version of the Conservative Party that gets thrown to us. Would the Liberal Democrats be interested in fighting a general election at this time? We would like to see another government that was not so hard right Conservative. We would like to make sure that their policies, whatever they emerge uh, from this leadership contest, are are put to a test sooner rather than later. However, I was just saying that there's no constitutional requirement. But yes, we're ready for a general election and any time. Our candidate selection process is well advanced. Our fundraising has gone much better than in previous election campaigns. And I believe that we would do extremely well. Okay, so in that case... If we if we imagine this world where the general election happens, what would a Liberal Democrat MP be doing differently to a Conservative MP for Maidstone? Well, if you bring it down to the Maidstone level, the first thing a Liberal Democrat MP would be is actually an MP for Maidstone. OK. Um, what we have at the moment is our two Conservative MPs who even, uh, especially actually members of the Conservative Party in Kent, think are not doing a particularly great job. If you compare them with Tom Tugendhat or Tracy um, Tracy Crouch, Tracy Crouch in Aylesford, both of whom are regarded as very good constituency MPs, leaving aside ministerial issues, they are seen as fighting for Tunbridge and Aylesford. We have two MPs who do not fight for their um, localities, who are who are absent from any issue that's ever comes up on the national stage who barely respond to casework so if you vote for a liberal democrat mp in maidstone you'd get an actual mp who does the job for a start on a national level we would try because maidstone remains an area of where agriculture is very important we will be fighting for the interests of british farmers and trying to get some decent trade deals in place rather than the ridiculously one-sided deal we've just done with Australia, which is great for Australian farmers, but is actually really, really bad for British farmers. How is it bad for British farmers? Well, for example, um, Britain is still held to welfare standards, but because Australia is a federal government, all the welfare standard provisions which British farmers are still held to in the Australian end of it are only guaranteed by the federal government. Animal welfare in farming in Australia is largely handled by the state governments. There is no commitment in the trade deal for the state governments to have any welfare standards. It's the, just the federal government will use their best endeavours. Well, we all know what best endeavours means, so nothing will happen. Okay. So uh, in, in that case, so you were saying that an, a Maidstone MP would end up actually working for Maidstone. Yes. Uh, so... It, uh, I suppose it may, it's a fair question then to ask, with uh, all of the resignations that were going on through the Conservatives, uh, Helen Grant, the Maidstone MP, Maidstone in the Weald, uh, we heard nothing from her about whether she would resign her two governmental posts. She's a, a trade envoy to Nigeria Indeed. and a, a special envoy for uh, women's education. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard nothing from her. Do you think she should have resigned those posts? 
Well, it's for her, up to her whether she should have resigned or not, but I think that both Helen Grant and Helen Waitley should have made their position clear rather than going into hiding. Right, because uh, we haven't heard anything from them. Um, if the shoe was on the other foot and you were, or a Liberal Democrat MP was in that position, would they have resigned had their leader been found guilty of lying? Yes. Okay. Well, in that case, what we're going to do is we're going to play a quick song for you and then we will come back in a little bit and have a bit more of a conversation with Clive. Uh, Right now, let's play you the song of the week. This is Wes King. Killer Queen, Killer Queen, let me put my teeth back in, hang on. Killer Queen from Queen here on Maidstone Radio's Breakfast Show. My name's Andy with you through until 10 o'clock. I am joined this morning by Clive English, uh, Maidstone leader of the Liberal Democrats. Is that fair? Yes, I'm leader of the council group. Excellent. Um, uh, We've been asking you lots of questions, of course, about uh, Boris and the Conservatives. Um, We've got a question that's coming from John, uh, who is in Barming, and he asks, uh, the Lib Dems don't seem to get a look in because all of the focus at the moment is on Labour or the Conservatives. So what can the Liberal Democrats do to raise their profile and get their point across? Well, I think our profile has gone up quite a bit as a result of winning several high-profile parliamentary by-elections, but um, there is still a lot we can do. We, we need to work harder on some of the key issues and put our point across more forcibly. But what I would say is that in general elections and indeed council elections, uh, a lot of the messaging is local. And in terms of getting our message over locally in Maidstone, we do do very successfully. Is it when you come round to your next election, whether it's a general election or a council election, depending on what timetable falls, uh, is it now time for the Liberal Democrats to start thinking seriously about doing deals with Labour? No. I think it's fair to say that um, there is no great public appetite for electoral pacts or deals before an election. People need to have a full choice of candidates and programmes put before them. If the the result is a hung parliament, then frankly the the issue shouldn't be whether we prefer the Conservatives or the Labour Party. It should be can we come to an agreement that puts forward a programme that's in the best interests of the country. If we can, then we should form a government based on that programme. If we can't, then we, the choice would be another election. But well, frankly, going into government on a bad programme is worse than having another election. So, obviously, last time you were in a coalition government, uh, obviously you were in with the Conservatives. And many of your MPs who got elected in that general election signed... PAC signed a deal with the National Union of Students to say that they wouldn't vote to increase tuition fees, Mm. um, which, of course, was reneged on and tuition fees did go up. Um, Do you feel that people can still trust a Liberal Democrat MP who says they'll do one thing and perhaps ends up doing something else? That was probably the biggest mistake our party's made in the last 40 years. I think it's fair to say that that pledge was signed in good faith, although somewhat naively. And when push came to shove, when we had 59 MPs, which was a fraction of the overall government strength, we were not able to secure uh, the 
Conservative Party's agreement to that. I think we should have actually, in the negotiations, insisted on having our right to still vote uh, the way that we pledged. I have to say that still that wouldn't have changed the outcome. It was because the Labour Party, who like to pretend that this is a great betrayal, actually supported the Conservatives' position. So if the Liberal Democrats had forced a parliamentary vote on it, there would have been no change. However, I think we should have, still should have done because a promise is a promise, a commitment is a commitment and we should have stuck to it. It was a mistake. It is something we are not going to repeat. Okay, so with that in mind then, um, let's, let's quickly talk about uh, Brexit because Liberal Democrats, pro-European mm. party... Will, will, would a Liberal Democrat government or a Liberal Democrat MP be able to help get Brexit done? Brexit is nowhere near done, um, partly because there is no agreement amongst Conservative MPs as to what Brexit is. We need first, to get Brexit done, we first have to have an agreement, not just amongst Conservatives, but amongst other people, as to actually what Brexit is. There's never been that agreement. Um, which is why we've ended up in this complicated mess in Northern Ireland, which threatens to undermine the entire Belfast Agreement. If we can actually agree on the definition of what the goal is, maybe we can get it done. But at the moment, there is no such agreement. So one of the perhaps problems of the Lib Dems struggling to to raise their profile and, and get their point across, because perhaps no one's entirely sure what the policies are. And the same criticism gets levelled towards Labour. But... What, what would the Lib Dems do? On Brexit or more generally? Uh, on Brexit, perhaps. Right. <laughs> the British people voted in a referendum for a policy, not a very defined one, but a policy of leaving the European Union. Uh, they were never asked whether they wanted to leave the European economic area. The single market was never put to the British people. However, that's where we are. I think it's fair to say that we would not be seeking to immediately rejoin the European Union if we won a general election or in a, were in a position to uh, influence the next government. Um, we would, I think, try and actually make uh, some practical agreements on actually having trading systems that work. Now, what that would look like depends very much on what the next 18 months looks like after the remainder of this Conservative government, assuming there's not an early election. So it's very hard to go into the details, but I think we would f try and focus on practical arrangements for facilitating trade rather than ideological um, pursuits of one kind or another. And what we wouldn't do was holding the future of Britain and Northern Ireland hostage to the right wing of the Democratic Unionist Party. Okay, so one of the major impacts that we've seen of, of Brexit is long lines down at Dover and the impact of Operation Brock mm. right here in Maidstone. Um, you can tell when Operation Brock is in place because suddenly HGVs end up parked in the most bizarre and interesting places. So what would the Lib Dems do? It feels like at the minute Operation Brock is a bit of a bodge job. Would you agree? It would help both in terms of Operation Brock and customs uh, flow through Dover and indeed immigration issues, if we actually had a full staffing of customs officers and we actually sorted out the many drawbacks that are affecting um, the actual operations of customs and excise. It's no, even without Brexit, we had a situation where customs is chronically understaffed. 
immigration services are chronically understaffed. Before we start getting into fancy um, issues about what policies we would or wouldn't have or what we should be doing about either customs or immigration, it would be nice if we actually had the staff to, to, to do them. And if we brought customs staff up to, to the establishment figure, well, maybe then people will get through customs a bit quicker. Okay. Well, Clive, I've got a thousand and one questions, but we're already out of time. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, obviously, tomorrow we'll be talking to Stuart Jeffrey from the Green Party. Um, perhaps some of the same questions will go to him. It'll be interesting to see what, if anything, is the same or perhaps a little bit different. Um, I know you've got a busy day and you're, you're back around this building later, so I appreciate you coming in at this insane time of the day uh, to have a talk with us. Uh, thank you very much, Clive. It's been a pleasure. So there you have it. Once again, a big thank you to Clive who came in and spoke to us. He was live on the show uh, tomorrow. As I say, Stuart Jeffrey from the Green Party is going to be joining us. So if you want to listen live, you can make sure you are tuned in from 8.30. But of course, the show kicks off from 7am. You can always listen live at wearemadestone.com. And if you do want to get a question in, by all means, do it. You can email studio at wearemadestone.com or find us on the socials. We are Maidstone on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or indeed, you can download the Maidstone Radio app. It's there on the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. You can download that for free and you can send a message totally free. Or if you feel a bit flush and you feel like spending a bit of money, 078 600 41829 is the text number to get in touch. Make sure you do that. But for now, I will leave you alone. Have a fabulous Wednesday and stay cool, kids. Because <laughs> it's hot, you know.